Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. We're having a lot of fun interviewing the different people that we have on our team here at Top Advisor Marketing. You guys have probably heard from some of our different social media posting people, our chief operating officer, and of course, Kirk and I do podcasts all the time. But today, we're interviewing one of our voice talents. So we here at Top Advisor Marketing have hired people who, well, what they do is they interview financial services professionals pretty much all week. And our first guest today, because we're going to interview both of them, is Eric Johnson. Uh, Eric Johnson has an amazing history that I feel actually very privileged to have been a part of at least, well, about the last, what, I don't know, 18 years, Eric? Yeah, about two decades. About two decades, yeah. So I've known this guy forever. Uh, Him and I have worked together not only as family teachers at Boys Town, but we worked together uh, with Top Advisor Coaching before Top Advisor Coaching left. And now he is one of our voice talents for our, our podcasting program. Eric, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, it's fantastic to be here. I'm ready. So starting off, a lot of people want to host their own podcast, right? They love the idea of podcasting. They don't know if they really want to outsource it. But as a person who has done hundreds of podcasts, which I know you've done by now, mm-hmm. what sort of advice would you give to our listeners who really want to host or start their own podcast. If you want to host or start your own podcast, first, just figure out exactly what you want to tell people. What is your purpose? Are you educating? Are you entertaining? Are you doing a little bit of both, which is a new coin term, edutainment, which I'm still not very fond of, but you got to find out what you want to accomplish. And then the second thing is, who's going to be on it? If it's just you, then you better be ready to be entertaining, energetic, and capture your audience. If you are ready to get guests in and, and do that, that's fantastic. Otherwise, if you, if you don't exactly know what you're going to be doing, then it's always good to get somebody else there with you to be able to bounce ideas off and have conversations like Matt and I are going to have today. And that's why we have people like you in place, because we found that the two voices on the podcast actually make it more entertaining. But what Absolutely. else do you help them with, Eric? Oh, well, gee, many Christmas. Matt, that's a great question. There's a ton of stuff that we're helping them do. Personally, I once we build a relationship and we kind of get to know each other, a lot of it is just being able to play off each other during the podcast so that they can express their opinions. I help to give them a pause. I had a client tell me that just the other day. He goes, Eric, I love it when you jump in and say something because it gives me a chance to breathe and think about where we're going next and really collect their thoughts. We don't want them to be on script because if they're just reading, it sounds like you're reading off a script. So they really do a great job of getting content and we help them form the content in a, in a way that's going to appeal to the audience, whatever their audience is or whoever their audience is. Uh, and help them deliver that. And then beyond that, we have coaching in place from myself every time we get on the podcast and also quarterly coaching where another team member has listened to a few of their podcasts and written down some feedback that I then deliver and discuss and we talk about how they can get better. And then of course, I don't want to give away the house, but we have about a 10 step process 
as they grow in their podcasting, we have 10 different levels that they get to. And each level, we're introducing new things to the podcast. I'll give you a sneak preview audience. The first is getting in guests that are going to be centers of influence for your podcast, for your networking. And, and then we go from there and there's nine other steps that they do to develop themselves. Something that when I was doing this all by myself before we were smart to hire people better than me, which is you and Patrice, one of the most enjoyable experiences I had as a podcast host was when my clients would have like an epiphany. And Eric, you and I have talked about this a whole bunch of times. Oh, yeah. So I'd like for you to give a couple of examples. But when you're having a conversation with somebody who truly cares about who you are, what you do, and what makes you unique and different, and knows the industry very, very well, some of those second and third level questions force the advisor to rethink how they're saying things. And all of a sudden, they'll say something like, gosh, Matt, I've never said it like that before. I'm going to do that from here on out. Do you have any stories like that? Well, I, I don't know if it falls in exactly there, but one of my clients uh, was, they've done a lot of work with many, many families. And that's their primary goal. It's a father-son team. They're incredible and dynamic. And they work with special needs a little bit. And they've had families with special needs. But the, the beauty of it is, is they have a team of outside experts. And, and I would say any advisor worth their salt brings in other experts because you can't be an expert on everything. And so when we were talking about doing a podcast, they said they had this resource, but I know how passionate they were. So we actually had a podcast about special needs planning kind of from that 30,000 foot view. And they didn't know that they were going to have a full podcast for that. And immediately once we started just talking and just chatting back and forth, they were able to fill time. We actually had to cut it off a little bit with the promise that they were going to be bringing on that expert on their next podcast, which they did. So not only did they show the passion that they had, and I, that's, I think that's one of the key pieces of what we do is bring out the passion because anybody can talk about data and how investments work and how 401ks work. But when we can bring out our clients' passion for what they're talking about, that changes the ball game. And so they did that podcast and then had the expert on that they bring in for that work on the next podcast. And both of those podcasts are phenomenal. Let's let's talk about some of the logistics. You, you had said if, if somebody's going to try to do a solo podcast, how do you really feel about that? Because, you know, I, there are a lot of people out there who will say, well, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and talk for eight minutes straight because the podcast needs to be about me and my thought leadership because it's my practice. And I understand that. But you listen to podcasts and you've been on the production side of single podcasts. How do you feel about somebody just doing their own thing without a co-host or a, without a guest? Good luck. <laughs> I, I don't want to be rude or I don't want to seem uh, like, like this is, you have to do it with a co-host, but here's the thing. There are so many moving parts and there are a few people. I, I think I can count them on one hand of, of advisors that I've worked with in the past and even just people that I've met uh, and are friends with that could host their own podcast, do it all on their own without having somebody else there. And if you're doing a five minute little spot and you're just spitting out information, Sure. I think a lot of people could do that, but that's not a podcast. In my opinion, a podcast is a show you're looking at at least 20 to 30 minutes. And how are you going to carry that content without it just being you droning on and on and on? And that's not talking about the production side. The production team that we have does so much behind the scenes with editing and the content development, the publication to get it to all the different channels. 
as and Matt, I'm preaching to the choir here. As a coach, you know, and you taught me, advisors don't want to do things themselves, not because they're lazy, because they're busy. They're way too busy. If they can outsource things, that's what they need to be doing. And so I'm thinking that any advisor, any anybody that a real estate agent is too busy to do it all on their own. They need a team that can do uh, the production side of things, edit, clean it up, make it sound fantastic, do everything that needs to be done, and then get it published so it goes to all the different channels out there. So anybody can listen to it on any device that they have. That's a huge undertaking. And I would be surprised that if there was anybody that was really doing that successfully on their own. I don't know of anyone that does it on their own like that. Well, I've heard people do it on their own. Unfortunately, the quality is so poor that they are not going to get the level mm. of listenership that they want because all you have is your voice. You know, they can't see your face. They can't see you emote. They can't see your micro expressions. They, you just got to keep their attention. And, and that's really, really difficult. Now, okay, so we help with the content and all of those sorts of things. What are some of the things, if you were to give somebody tips, like on how to be a good podcast host, what are some of the tips that you would give? First thing is get good equipment. There's nothing like talking into or speaking into good equipment that's going to make you sound natural and bring out the best qualities of your voice. You can't skimp on that. And that's what I love about what we do. All of our clients are equipped with excellent equipment uh, so that they sound their best. Secondly, stand up when you podcast. That is a, a thing that I'm trying to drill into everybody's heads. There's a difference between when you sit down and when you stand up energy-wise. I, I had a client, it was two days ago. Two days ago, we were on and uh, I asked him, I said, uh, are you sitting down? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I can tell. Really? Should I stand up again? I said, yes, you need to stand up because their energy level just is completely different. So those are the two basic things that I would say as far as from a technical piece. The third thing is warm up. Whatever you choose to do for warming up, I love to sing. Matt, I know that you do some singing and uh, I believe you're doing some pretty good guitar playing as well, but I, I love to sing. So I, I, I do sing a couple songs before I get on with my clients just to warm up my voice, get the vocal cords warm. And lastly, drink lots of water, drink lots of water and make sure it's room temperature. Don't drink cold water. That's going to seize up your vocal cords. So those are some basic technical things. I guess if that's what you're asking, those are my biggest tips to make you sound your best. When you're interviewing somebody, what are some of the techniques that you use to help keep the podcast flowing and maintaining continuity. This is some advanced stuff. Now, as you continue to podcast, and, and hopefully a lot of our listeners are out there podcasting, you do need to hone this interview skill. Eric happens to be one of the best ones that we have here. So Eric, when an advisor maybe chases a rabbit or is getting off topic, what are some of the techniques that you use to help them get back on track? Uh, you got to build a bridge. I mean, that's, that's the first thing. If they're, if they're chasing a rabbit, that happens, but it's, it's forming questions in a way that's going to direct them to their next point. One of the things that we do with each one of our clients is teach them how to build out their notes. Again, I, I spoke about scripting earlier. We don't want it scripted. We don't want people reading. So we really get them away from that. So they just create bullet points. Basically some of them use MindMeister or mind mapping software of their choice. Some of them just send me notes ahead of time with bullet points. And when we have those bullet points, then I, as a host, I will study those every morning. They give them to me the night before our recordings. I study them every morning knowing where I need to interject certain things. 
and I'll know what I need to do to redirect. So I'll build a bridge from the point that they're chasing to what that next point's going to be. Sometimes, and, and Matt, this is actually the flip side of that coin, sometimes the advisors, and I think that anybody listening to this, especially if you've done any public speaking, you know that you can get in a hurry, right? Sometimes we just jump through things a little too quickly. Uh, maybe there's some nerves. Maybe it's just you're not sure of all the content that you want to put in there. You're, you're thinking about how much time you've already spent. Uh, but that's one of my jobs is I help them to get to the time that they need to be getting to, whether I'm shortening some of it and I'm pushing them along or I'm extending some of their, their content by asking follow-up questions. In, in this instance, when somebody has too little to say, then it's just an easy follow-up question. Maybe I ask them to give me an example or, you know, I know you work with a ton of clients. Tell me about one of those clients that had that happen to them or how have you dealt with whatever the situation is. Sometimes there's a very specific issue and we don't want to try to have a story for that exact issue, but I'll ask them for a general kind of tell me what that looks like when that happens. And what that's going to do is going to spark either a story that they remember, or they're going to be able to say, you know what, I've seen this happen and this is what the result is. So it helps them to deliver to the audience a little bit better way. Maybe it's delivering it in a way that their audience is going to understand more than all the technical stuff that they've been talking about for the last five minutes. When we were working together as coaches, one of the most powerful techniques is the idea of an open-ended question. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you incorporate that into podcasting? Depending on which direction they want to go, right? I mean, they, they have the agenda of what they want to speak about, what they want to get through. But if they are on track, then there's little that I have to do besides just converse with them and maybe ask them a couple easier follow-up questions, but the, the open-ended question gives them a ton of room to be able to just go off on something on their own, right? And, and that's where I think it becomes much more personal between them and the audience when they can answer an open-ended question and it goes the direction they want to take it. I'm not trying to guide them necessarily any, any one way, but that open-ended question really gives them that opportunity to be a little bit more creative. I always love the open-ended questions because it gives them the opportunity to chase the rabbit, whatever rabbit they want. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we as podcast hosts, and I want everybody to understand this, me interviewing Eric is terribly uncomfortable for Eric because he's so used to being in control of the podcast, right? Ding, ding, and, ding. and you just interviewed me for a podcast, and I said the same thing. I was like, dude, I, I don't know if I really like being on that side of the mic. But when you ask an open-ended question, when you say something like, like Eric just said, you know, tell me more about that, which is that to me might mean something different to the advisor. And the podcast isn't about me. Right? The podcast mm -hmm. is about pulling out the good stuff out of the advisor. And it's really interesting to help them flesh that stuff out more and more because that's when the gold happens, right? It's that second, third level question that you're asking because you truly understand the industry and those coaching techniques partnered with the fact that you you and Patrice both have so much experience in our industry really, really makes a big, big difference. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you hear or that you experience, I shouldn't say hear, that you experience with some of your clients that if you could like wave a magic wand and make them go away, what would what, what are the mistakes that you wish that they would make go away? The first one's not a mistake. The first one is our natural speech. And I know I've probably done it on this podcast already, but um, 
oh, you know, and so. Those words are killer. Those are transition words. It's, it's you trying to allow your brain to think. And so naturally we say, um, and then we say something because our brain is caught up to what we want to talk about. So I, I don't consider that a mistake. But <laughs> the, the fun ones that are mistakes are a, a lot of just noises, right? So I, I've had some clients that they get really close to the mic and then they breathe through their nose the entire time. So, <laughs> and you hear it like a freight train. So, so some of those are, are, are tough ones. A lot of things that are going on in the background. I had one of my clients, she just couldn't win for losing. She had a garbage truck pull up, back up, of course, with the, the loud beeping. Uh, and then somebody was out with a leaf blower in combination with a garbage truck. It was, it was just very difficult. So, and again, some of those you can't, help. And I, I don't know if you want to classify those as mistakes, but one of the, the, the true mistakes that advisors make or anybody that, that is starting out in podcasting is being too nervous. And, and it's something that we work on with our clients to help get them over that hurdle. And they shallow breathe. So that they're breathing during the podcast. They, they kind of run out of air, hyperventilate a little bit. And it's just because of nerves or they speak too quickly. Another mistake that a lot of people make because they're nervous, they just want to get through this. And all of a sudden, their 25 minutes of content turned into 10, because they were just talking way too fast. Some of the other issues with mistakes as far as the on the production side, I would say is once the advisor, if they're not utilizing our services for content multiplication and, and our social media services, a lot of times we run into a situation where I've talked to a client and said, Hey, how's it going? What, what are you doing to get your podcast out there? They really haven't been doing anything. I think that's the biggest mistake that any advisor can make is just not doing it. You're not getting their information out there because bottom line is that you can send out as many newsletters as you want. But I think most people listening to this would agree. People don't want to read a four or five page newsletter anymore. Podcasting is what it is. It is direct audio, your voice, your passion, your compassion, your empathy into their ears, and they can hear exactly who you are. So if you're not getting that out there, either hiring somebody and bringing them in as part of your social media push, or doing it yourself or emailing it out or talking to every person that you telling every person you speak to that you have a podcast and sharing that with them, then why are you doing the podcast in the first place? We firmly believe, we refer to that as organic marketing, right? Get, getting out there and telling everybody you can about a podcast. And in fact, what we're finding is if you as the advisor or as a business owner, when somebody says, what do you do for a living? You say, I'm the host of an educational podcast. Mm. Really, that's going to get anybody's attention, right? They're not going to say, oh, he's, you know, the guy's going to try to sell me something, right? It's, wow, she really is she's doing something different. And then they ask you the follow-up question. Well, what's your podcast about? Well, you know, I teach people about, you know, financial planning, or I teach people about life insurance, or I teach people about how to invest their money correctly or budgeting or, or whatever your, it is. You're not going to be looked at as, and I'm air quoting a financial advisor. And I'm not saying that's bad because we obviously don't think so. We've been squarely within this industry for a long time, but it just changes how people interact with you and view you because people know that there is a substantial investment, not just in money, but in time to produce a podcast, and you're showing that you're willing to give back to the community. So, Eric, that was a freaking great, great piece of advice. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's just, it's, we want our clients to succeed, and that, that's all there is to it. You and I have talked about that. Our primary focus for the last two decades is helping other people exceed, reach their goals, and it just bothers me to no end if, if somebody's going to begin something, but then they don't, all that hard work they put into it, they don't share it with other people. That, I think that's, that's one of the biggest issues. 
Mine is not paying attention to your vocal fillers. You and I spend a lot of time on this, giving each other feedback. But the ums, ohs, sos, and you knows, mm-hmm. those verbal tics that almost everybody has. If you aren't aware of how you speak, one of the there's a great Simpsons episode. I know you'll probably remember this. But Homer is recording his voice, or Bart's recording Homer's voice, and Homer's like, "Oh my god, I sound like that." Well, very few of us really know yeah. what we sound like, <laughs> and it's really important for you to record yourself. You can just do it on your phone, right? I mean, you don't have to do anything with with amazing equipment, even though that's a pure form of your voice. It's really good for you to hear what you sound like, so that you can make changes. You and I can jump into radio voice pretty quickly, and we try, as well as we want all of the listeners to this podcast to try, to not go overboard with voice inflection or pace or pentameter. Mm-hmm. It needs to be you, but it needs to be you plus like 20 30%. Because, as I've said this before, Ernest Hemingway said, if I'm not crying when I'm writing it, they're not crying when they're reading it. If you're not excited about what you're talking about on a podcast— the people who are listening to it aren't going to get excited either. So you have to bring that level of energy. Absolutely. What should I have asked you that I didn't ask you about this? What are my client's favorite things about podcasts? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go there. Great I, question. I think, yeah, I think that that is one of the things that I've, I've, I love watching transformation happen. I, I, that is, again, for the last two decades, everything you and I've done is watching people transform into something different or better or whatever. And watching them through this process, when they first start podcasting the nerves that they have, then helping them to get over those nerves, helping them to understand the content that they're getting out there is not the white paper that they've written, right? This is not the, the study or the, the case study that they've reviewed and, and posted on. This is a conversation from them to the audience with me, right? And, and I'm there, their host is there, whoever their host is, is along there with them. They begin to understand that they are speaking directly to their audience, helping them to get better, whatever topic it is. And I think Esther, one of my clients is a perfect example of this. She already had a tremendous speaking skills. And so it's not like we had to do a lot of work there, but her from the very beginning, she was a little nervous at first, not much, she was pretty confident Uh, when we first started out, but to hear the compassion in her voice, she works with women in transition. And I just love to see what she's developed. She's now over 50 podcasts, doing really well with it. She's had amazing guests on and all of the progression that we work with each one of our clients, when they start bringing on guests and start having fun, that's when I know that we've done what we're supposed to do. They're going to find success with it. And it's just one of those things that happens. Another client, this kind of goes along the same lines, but again, very nervous when they first started, they started to get more comfortable. This was somebody who did not actually put the podcast out there a whole lot. And if you remember right, they stopped podcasting with us for a little bit, about six months, realized, you know what, I've got these podcasts I've already recorded. I know I need to do something with them. I'm going to re-engage, start podcasting again, and I'm going to get this content out. And lo and behold, they've had some success. They're much more comfortable. They're excited about podcasting. They're bringing on good guests. And they were still trying to figure out, am I getting anything from this? I do pay money for this every month. The bottom line is every business wants to make money, right? And out of the blue, somebody made an appointment with them. They met with them 45 minutes in the conversation. They were trying to fill out the client and say, hey, is this something that's going to work out? Are they going to be a client of mine? And just a couple more questions later, the gentleman said, oh, I'm totally comfortable. I've listened to nine-year podcasts. I'm ready to move forward now. 
they never said that they listened to any of their podcasts beforehand. And so to see the delight, it's like a little kid at Christmas, right? <laughs> my next call with my client was like, hey, I got to tell you something right off the bat. And super excited, told me about it, landed in the client because of it. And they know now that all these podcasts are floating out there. They're doing a much better job of getting the message out there and people are sharing them. And so you know that there's some good leadership there, thought leadership there with that client for people to share those podcasts. Having the ability to connect with your ideal client in the market that you choose with your thought leadership, talking directly to them in such an intimate environment, turns them from skeptics into fans. And we're starting to hear more and more success stories, just like Eric was just saying, oh, I've heard of, I, I know exactly what you do. Uh, you, you know, you don't even need to go over this. I, I even understand what your intake process is because, you know, you did a podcast on your intake process. Mm -hmm. We're having people who a, a normal three to five sales process in person meeting is one to two, because mm -hmm. once you get more and more thought leadership in the can, that gives people more and more opportunity. And there's a big difference, everybody. Looking at a financial services professional or business owner who has five podcasts versus 50 podcasts, you're going to think that the person with 50 podcasts has more street credibility. That's just the way the game works. The best time to start podcasting was about a year and a half ago, but that mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you can't do it now. So Eric, if you were to put on your, you know, I'm a great salesperson hat, what, what would be the one or two things that you think our listeners need to know who haven't gotten off the, their horse to step down and really jump on this podcasting wagon? They need to know that, again, people have time right now. Right now, they have time to listen to your podcast. My wife is a perfect example. She is working from home, just like a ton of people out there. And she is an extremely hard worker. The, the one thing that she likes about working from home is that people don't pop by her office to chit chat because she's busy all the time. She is an incredibly hard worker, but she loves the fact that she can put on some music and listen to music while she's doing everything that she needs to do on the computer. She has gotten into a couple podcasts. She'll listen to a couple podcasts and it's okay because she can still answer the phone because you can pause a podcast right? This isn't a conversation on the phone with an advisor. This is a podcast you can listen to. That's what's going on right now. There's tons of people that have that time. They're working in environments that allow them to listen to podcasts where maybe they couldn't before. She wouldn't have been able to do that at work before because of all the interruptions. She can now. So that's number one. Number two, and I'm not trying to sound rude in this, but people don't like to read. <laughs> they don't like to read information that is sent and people hate emails. That's the other thing. This is, this is something they, they don't want to take the time to read a three or four page document. If they're driving down the road, they can turn on your podcast because they've subscribed to your podcast and it pops up automatically on their phone, which is beautiful. They can play it throughout their car as they're driving and they don't have to worry about reading anything or taking notes. Because again, if they hear something they really want, really want to remember, or they like it and they say, you know what, I really need to reach out to that gentleman or that lady. I'm going to pull over and write it down, or I'm going to go home and rewind it. Again, they can just rewind it and get your contact information. Or in the show notes, we always put contact information in there so they can just go right to the show notes on their phone, copy it over or click the link and go right to your website. It's fast. It's easier. It's, it's more accessible, I think, than ever before. You're right, Matt, a year and a half ago would have been a beautiful time because the folks that were established, now that people have more time, they're listening to people that are established. But again, there's no hesitation on doing it right now. Start now, build your library, start putting it, the, the content out there, start delivering it to the people that you want to deliver it to directly. 
and you'll be amazed. Eric, man, thanks for being such a fun guest on the show today. I had fun. I didn't like it, but I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. brother. It's, it's weird being on this side. I know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I fully understand that. All right. Well, if you have not subscribed <laughs> to the podcast, make sure you do. Uh, and uh, if you have any sort of topic ideas or any guests that you think we should interview, just email me, Matt, at topadvisorm.com. So for Eric Johnson, one of our voice talents here at Top Advisor Marketing and all of us here at Top Advisor Marketing, this is Matt Halloran. We'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.